Would you turn with me to Psalm 34, our text in these uh, services? Psalm 34. If you haven't been with us, we've been ministering for some weeks now, every Friday evening, on the subject of the life of praise. And to get the most out of tonight, it would have helped if you'd have heard everything that went before it, because we've covered a lot of ground already. Tapes are available, CDs available. How many think we ought to get DVDs available? You think we ought to? All right. We'll think about it. No, I think we should too. So we'll check into that at some point. But we got our main stuff that we talked about that records the master. So we got that paid for, of course. (laughs) Right? All paid for. You know, I think so many times people don't enjoy things like they should. Because uh, they try to act like they're at a place that they're not at. Uh, you know, I've seen churches and pastors, they wouldn't rejoice over a thousand dollars because they didn't want somebody else to know that that was big to them. I've seen individuals do the same way. You know, they something happened. Do you know what I'm talking about or not? I mean, you know, they got a hundred dollars and it was big to them. But there's like, oh yeah, you know, praise the Lord. See, pride keeps people from enjoying their blessings because they want to act like, you know, if something's big to you and it's a bigger thing than what you've enjoyed before, then you make a big deal out of it. And if somebody else wants to rain on your parade and go, yeah, you know, I do things like that before breakfast every day. Well, (laughs) something's wrong with them, right? I know uh, in uh, 96, Phyllis... And I got in faith for our first airplane. And uh, the Lord dealt with us, don't borrow any money on it. That's what he told us on that particular situation. And man, it just seemed impossible. But we sowed our seed and we stood and believed. And within less than a year's time, had a Bonanza 1980 model, V-tail, cream leather interior. One of the best engines you can put in one. Now, I don't know if you know what that means. Somebody said, 1980, that sounds old. Hey, that's late model. I know it sounds strange, but you know, in airplanes, boy, an 80 model for most folks is whoo. And I was so glad. This thing is just, I mean, perfect, you know, mechanically in every way. And I had a fella I lived next to who was an airline pilot. And he also, uh, you know, flew fighters and things like that and so man I was wanting to tell him about it and I said man I got an airplane he said what'd you get I said we got a a bonanza a v-tail he said I I don't do props (laughs) I thought oh okay and we didn't talk about it anymore well but see he had never even owned one He's driving for somebody else. You understand what I'm talking about? No, see, don't, but that didn't bother me too much. I went back over to my house and shouted just as loud. And I kept on talking to people till I found somebody that knew how to appreciate a bonanza, right? And would shout with me. And somebody says, well, a bonanza, that's a little old single engine airplane. Hey, it's an airplane. And it's sitting in the hangar paid for Right? How many don't understand what I'm talking about? 
Well, see, you got to be that way in your life or else was pride choking you and God does something for you and you're around somebody that you think's got bigger stuff and you act like it's a little trivial deal. You disqualify yourself for your next blessings. It's a serious thing. And, uh, you know, I talked to a fellow not too long after that. He had owned a fleet of airplanes. He had his own air charter business. He'd flown the fastest stuff they make. He'd flown fighters. And I told him about my Bonanza, and he shouted as much as I did. He said, man, that's a fine airplane. He said, that's one of the finest things. And he went on to tell me about it. Well, see, he knew how to appreciate it. And somebody who's thinking right, they're going to shout with you, even if they're believing for a million dollars at a pop, and you're believing for a hundred, they know how they got there. They didn't start off believing for a million. They started off believing for 25 and 50. So they know what a victory it is. And they're going to shout with you. And they're going to make a big deal out of it too. Somebody goes, yeah, ho-hum. You know, I used to do that. But I grew that. They're probably lying. I'm serious. They probably are not at all where they're trying to act like they are. They probably got all their credit cards maxed out. Did you hear me? Oh, for everything they got on, and they got an appearance of prosperity, but it ain't there. It's pretend. And how do we get off on all that? (laughs) Well, when God does something for you, huh? You praise God for it. You make, that's why you'll hear us tell about big stuff, so called, and you hear us tell about little stuff, right? Because, you know, it may look big or little on the outside, but God looks at the heart. And, you know, the wonderful thing is the same faith that you believe God for $20 with, you can feed it and exercise it. And the same principle, you can believe God for a million dollars later on. Works the same way. You just feed it and keep exercising it and keep growing. So thanks be unto God. And, you know, be an encourager of other people. You know, I gave a couple examples. Don't ever rain on somebody's parade. Even if it seems like, you know, sometimes people don't realize somebody comes to you and they tell you something God did for them. And a lot of times it's like a three-year-old bringing you a picture they drew. Did you hear me? If you got any sense, you don't take a three-year-old's picture and go, what is that? That's me? That don't look anything like me. What? You'd be ignorant, right? What do you do? <laughs> you go, oh, that's so pretty. Right? <laughs> Why? Because it depends on where you are. And at three, that ain't bad. Right? 33 is a different deal. <laughs> right? If they drew the same exact picture handed to you, then that's not the same deal. But at three, and if somebody got saved two weeks ago, and God, you know, they believe God for five dollars and a pair of socks, and it came in, huh? You don't go, what's a pair of socks? You go, glory to God. The Lord heard your prayer. Your face working. Let's go celebrate. Right? Celebrate. Help people enjoy their victories. Right? Make a big deal out of it. Talk about it. You know, I uh, several years ago, uh, I had had a sports car, a Corvette. 
And the Lord dealt with me that I wasn't quite there. So I sold it and rode with Phyllis for a year and a half. Learned a lot of things. <laughs> no, she had a job too, and so we just made it work. And uh, at the end of that time, a used Corvette had come up for a great deal, and it worked out, and it was just the Lord, you know. I, we had gotten things straightened out and got our priorities right and got our giving right, and now, in the passage of time, we were at the place. And it was used, but it was nice. And we went and picked it up, and I know uh, we went up to St. Louis to get him. And a friend of mine, he heard I was coming up there. He met me at the dealership and brought me a Corvette jacket and a cap. (laughs) And he said, he walked out there and he had his boys with him, and he said, oh, that's pretty. He said, oh, man, that's nice. He said, you got to come by the house and let my boys wash it for you. He said, that's what I made them for. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so I, I said, well, okay, okay. He sent one of the boys, he said, run, go get some sandwich stuff. And let's make some sandwiches and stuff. And gave the other boy some money. said, go get some really good wax. And, and go get some stuff if you don't have enough. And, and we came and he had a big garage barn thing. He pulled a car in there. And I started to do something. He said, no, no, no. You sit down here. He pulled a chair up. He said, no, you can't see it from there. You're too close. He said, come back here and we'll watch. So they brought us a sandwich and some iced tea and we sat there and the boys was washing and waxing for three hours and said, ah, you missed a little spot right there, son. And just went on. He said, oh, that's a pretty color. Man, that's not, boy, you got such a good deal. Well, it's a used car, but he's making a big deal because it was a big deal to me. Are you with me on this kind of thing? We ought to do this for each other all the time. You know why people don't do it? They're so caught up in their own lives. They're not aware of what's going on with other people. And when they find out, they're like, "Mm, yeah, that's great. And then they got something else they got to do. No, it's not okay. And it's also why these kind of things don't happen for them. Because they're not sowing them. Did you hear me now? If you want these kind of things to happen for you, you must sow them. Sow these kind of things. Because you reap what you sow. And I believe there will be an increase of this kind of thing. Amen. Whether it's people, uh, our own folks, or people you know, uh, they don't even have to be a Christian. Did you hear me? can be somebody you know on the job. This kind of thing can be a witness to people. It is a manifestation of the love of God. And the goodness of God turns and leads people to repentance. It could just be somebody's visiting with us for a service or something. And you find out about something that's going on with them. Said out loud, I am an encourager encourager of the brethren. brethren. God uses me me to bless others. others. I rejoice with others. others. I'm glad glad when my brother and sister is blessed. Amen. Amen. It's a key to your blessing as well. But make a big deal out of it. Glory to God. We haven't read our text yet, have we? You want me to read it or you want to talk some more about this? <laughs> Go to Psalm 34 if you're not there already. I'll see if we can read it and move on. But if not, I'm happy with this too. This, it's important, isn't it? It's extremely important. 
You know, everybody likes somebody at different times in their life to make a big deal out of them. Right? To make a big deal over them. Right? And then say, hey, this is your day. Right? This is your day. God's blessing you today. And this is happening for you today. And we're not going to talk about us today. We're going to talk about what God's doing for you. Right? Glory to God. And uh, one reason I'm talking about it, I just perceive by the Spirit, is because we're going to have a lot of mark-offs on our list. You watch and see, the Holy Ghost gets you ready for these kind of things. And some people will get mark-offs on things before you do. And uh, it's time for you to help them rejoice, right? And then others will get things after you do. And uh, we could just be having one continuous party because I can be shouting with you over your stuff. And then mine comes in and you shout with me, right? And we just have a party every day. What'd be wrong with that? <laughs> Woo, glory to God. What, yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? How much money does it cost to buy some polish in a sandwich? You understand what I'm saying? To take a little time out of your day. So let's be conscientious. Let's watch. The Bible said to, to be watchful for opportunities to minister to the saints. And you'll know it. There are times when it's not appropriate, but there are times when you know, no matter what else I got going on, no, no, it's time for me to rejoice with them. It's time for me, let's set this aside, let's put other things on the shelf, and let's bless them. Let's make a big deal out of this. Right? Let's celebrate. Victory. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Uh, thankfulness is a key to qualifying for more. It's a key to qualifying for greater blessings. And we're talking about praise, life, life of praise. And uh, unless the Lord leads me differently, we're going to talk about what worship is. We're going to talk about what praise is. We're going to talk about what thanksgiving is. And uh, the effects, some of the effects that they have on us in our life. We just, uh, for time's sake, we've lumped it all together. A lot of times when I'm saying praise life, I'm including all of those. Worship and thanksgiving and praise. But uh, thanksgiving helps you to qualify for more. Now I'll just give you a little, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here study-wise, but that's all right. It wouldn't hurt you to hear it twice, to hear it again when it comes up. But uh, thanksgiving helps you... Uh, qualify for more. What if you gave something to somebody? I mean, you took some effort and time to find it. You spent your money to buy it and you give it to them, whether you wrapped it or you didn't. Give it to them. It's not payment. It's just something you want to do for them. And they take it and they look at it and they go, huh, I saw one of them in the store. And then I thought, nah, uh, or if they say, you know, I already got two of these, and I didn't care much for the first one. Uh, or anything along that line, does that make you feel like running out and getting them something else? <laughs> no, it does not. What does it make you feel like? <laughs> it makes you feel like saying, just give it back. 
And I'll find somebody who appreciates it. You know why you're that way? You're made in the likeness and image of God. And if you'll study the scripture, how many remember this? To him that hath shall more be given. To him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he has. And if you look at the whole context, you'll find he's talking about somebody who valued what they were given and who used what they were given. And both of those go hand in hand. If you don't appreciate something, you don't use it. And that's the way the Lord is with us. When you are unthankful, you disqualify yourself for further blessing. The Lord is not a bad investor. Right? He does not waste his investments. He sows good seed in good ground. Right? And the Bible said, He that is faithful in that which is least will be faithful with much or more. So the Lord will invest to you and see what you do with that. Right? And if you're unfaithful with five dollars, it'd be foolish to give you five million. Right? Parents, you need to know this about your children too now. Don't bless disobedience. Don't reward rebellion. You're teaching them that they can rebel against God and he'll bless them anyway. And it ain't true. I said it's not true. You're teaching them they can disobey God and still be have all the blessings anyway. It is not so. And it's not good training and teaching of children. No. You disqualify yourself. You know, uh, you have to watch anymore. A lot of children get so much stuff till they don't appreciate it. When you see that somebody doesn't appreciate what you're doing, you should not continue. Did you hear me? You should not continue because you are doing them a disservice and you are wasting your seed. In that kind of situation, you'll not get a harvest. If people don't value what you're doing, if they don't value what you're giving and what you're sowing and the input, then you really need to check your heart. Unless the Lord just specifically tells you to do it, then there are numerous principles in the Word that show you not to. Not to. Even where your words are concerned. The Bible said in Proverbs, if you are talking to somebody and you discern that they're foolish and they're despising your words, you're supposed to walk away. Quit talking and go. If people don't value what you're saying, uh, didn't Jesus say, don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't give that which is holy to the dogs. What does that mean? Don't give precious things to people who don't value them. That includes your family. That includes your friends. That includes everybody. Right? How many understand we live in a world full of a lot of ungrateful people? People that think others owe them. You know, in the ministry, I've run into this. And it seems like the more well-known you are, we've seen more of it. I'm not believing for that. But people, you know, they think I owe them things. 
because they've seen me and they've heard me preach or they know that we're blessed. They feel like I owe them a half a day of my time or I owe them money or I owe them because I have something, I owe them something. Why would I? Why would people assume, well, you're a preacher, so? What does that mean? We all have a church, so why does that mean we owe you? Did you hear me? See, people got some goofy ideas. People want to lay up and not work and goof off and get in trouble. And the church is supposed to bail them out. Why are we supposed to bail them out? Why? Did the Bible tell us that we're supposed to? The Bible said you don't work. Are we supposed to stay with the Bible? Are we supposed to? See, people got goofy, twisted ideas about things. People put pressure on their family members. Well, I'm your brother. So? What does that mean I owe you my savings? Because you've acted a fool and didn't obey God. And I owe you my savings because I'm your brother. Well, I'm your son. I'm your daughter. I'm your grandson. I'm your daughter. Listen, friend. Listen carefully now. Did you understand you are supposed to be led with family just like you are with anybody else? If Jesus is your Lord, then you're supposed to follow his direction. And if you believe that what you have under your hand is not just totally yours, but you are a steward of it, right? So many times parents are not listening to God. Grandparents are not listening to God. They'll let the devil strip them and impoverish them through sinning children and grandchildren. Don't even ask God about what he should do. Did you hear me now? You're supposed to look to the Lord. You're supposed to say, Lord, what should I do on this? And there will be times when he will say, nothing. Yeah, but they're in a mess. And that's got to be one of the hardest things. That a parent or a grandparent, or even a good friend, do is nothing when you know somebody's hurting. What are you talking about, Brother Keith? I'm talking about the Bible. Passages that people ignore. A lot of times, see, people are they're rebelling against God. They're disobeying God. But they want all the blessings. And their life's a mess. And other people keep bailing them out and enabling them to live in this daydream world they're living in. Did you hear me? Where if mama and daddy and other people would stay out of it and leave them in God's hands, God would let them get hungry. Did you hear me? He'd let them hit the bottom. And then maybe they'd cry out to him and get right. Are y'all with me now? This is important. Do not yield to the devil. I don't care who he's coming through. I don't care how much you love that flesh. Sometimes you got to look at them and say, honey, I love you. I do. And I'll always love you. And I'll always be your mama, your daddy, your friend. But this is not right. I can't do this. They said, well, if you loved me, you'd do it. No, if they loved you, they wouldn't have asked. They're telling you they don't love you by putting you in these 
situations. And you got to be strong. You got to be a man of God. You got to be a woman of God. And if the Lord tells you don't do something, then you don't do it. I don't care who it's for. You do what He says. Right? If He tells you to give your last money to a stranger, you do it. If He tells you don't do it for your own child, then you don't do it. Right? You're led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. Everybody say thankfulness. Thankfulness is a key to qualifying for more. I know uh, some years ago in a time of prayer, waiting on the Lord, the Lord spoke to me. I don't mean I heard an audible voice now, but inside me. said, Keith, would you like to know how to increase your capacity to receive from me? Well, I didn't have to think about that long at all. Would I like to know how to increase my capacity to receive from him? Do you know we don't receive according to what God can do? We receive according to our faith. Our ability to receive is the limiting factor. Because God can do anything. Nothing's too hard for him. I said, yes, yes, and yes. The Lord dealt with me, spoke to my heart. Cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. And that's one reason we're teaching this series. Every one of those words are significant. Cultivate. What does that mean? It's not going to happen automatically, right? You're going to have to make an effort towards it. Work on it. Cultivate. You've got to remind yourself. Cultivate. Because if you just wake up and listen to what's on the TV and what people in the world are talking about, and you flow with that, you'll be griping. You'll be finding fault. You'll be judging. You won't be giving thanks. And if you don't retrain yourself, you'll go all day long and barely say thank you. So you got to cultivate it. Everybody say cultivate. Cultivate a lifestyle. What does that mean? That's how you live. That's in the morning, at night. It's not just at church for a couple of hours. It's all the time. A lifestyle of what? Thanksgiving. Everybody say thanksgiving. 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 Grateful. Right? Not just empty words, but you're grateful. You're exercising your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for doing that for me. Right? Every time something comes together, every time something happens you prayed for, every time something happens that you sowed for, that you confessed for, not half the time, every time, all the time, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Man, it puts your heart in a good place. It puts your mind in a good frame. It sets your spirit in the right direction. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And when you do something for somebody, and even if it's a small thing, you can tell. They really appreciate it. They appreciate it. They appreciate you taking your time. They appreciate you spending your money. They appreciate you. What does that make you want to do? You want to do something? Exactly. More. More. You know why? Because you're made in the image and likeness of God. That's how he is. I said, that's how he is. He'll give you something and see what you do with it. Remember the talents? Huh? The man that had one, what did he do with his? 
He didn't value it. He was too afraid to do anything with it. And he just hid it. And he lost it. And who got it? The man that had the most. And if you read all the accounts, you'll find that the people spoke out loud while Jesus was teaching. The crowd spoke up and said, Lord, he already has ten. Basically, the Lord said, I know it. But why should the man that's already got ten get the man's one who only had one? Because the man that has ten appreciates what he has. He values what he has. He uses what he has. So he qualifies for more and more and more and more and more. And some people look on at others and go, well, that just don't seem fair. They just keep getting blessed and bigger blessings and more blessings. Well, there's a reason. I said, there's a reason. You showed me somebody that just blessings just keep coming and keep coming. I'll show you somebody who's thankful. Thankful. You can sneak up on them around the corner of their house and you won't hear cussing and fussing. You'll hear, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you. Thank you for this lawnmower. Yeah? Huh? Now, a fellow that'll wax a lawnmower. Is the kind of fellow God's looking for. I'm serious. He appreciates his lawnmower. He values his stuff. Right? (laughs) I said, boy, you lost me there, brother. What? (laughs) If you have ears to hear it, fine. If you don't, you know, I understand. But valuing what you have. Valuing. You can't look at stuff and go, oh, that's. That old piece of junk, that's nothing, that's wore out. Yeah, but it's what you have. It's what you have, it's yours. And you must realize what you do with it and how you handle it determines if you get better. And how quickly you get better. Revelation. You can't compare what you have to somebody else. I know the first time I preached a message at Ramah, I'd just been filling out cards registering people and setting out chairs and, you know, doing natural physical things. And uh, they had asked me, they said, you know, Brother Hagin's going to be gone Thursday. We'd like for you to speak. I said, well, I'd want to help any way I can. And they said, okay, Thursday afternoon. And I left and got my little 1969 Chevy pickup, started down to our little apartment on Shoot 'em Up Alley. And, uh, Got to thinking about it. I thought, man, what did I do? <laughs> I mean, these people hear Brother Hagin every day. What am I going to do? What am I going to say? I hadn't preached, you know, oh, just an odd time here and there. But, I, you know, it would be a stretch to call me a preacher at that point. And, man, I was already set, you know, didn't have cell phones in those days. And when I got home. I was going to call back and say, look, you know, we don't need to do this. These people are, they got serious problems. They don't need somebody like me trying to learn how to preach on them. I mean, uh, this was healing school in the afternoons. And so I got ready to call and the Lord checked me. He said, did you pray about this? I said, well, of course, no, you would know. Uh, <laughs> no. And I realized what that meant, so I put the... <laughs> I put the phone down and literally crawled in the little closet we had, which was very small. 
because it was kind of bothering me. And, and I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and mostly just praying about what I didn't know and didn't have and hadn't done. And finally kind of ran out of gas <laughs> and just lay there quiet. And a lot of times that's what has to happen before you can hear from God. You're just making too much noise otherwise. And I'm laying there thinking, Lord, surely you don't want me to do this. I mean, I don't want to get up there and make a fool out of myself. I mean, Brother Hager's been walking with you for, at that time, 50 years or 40-something years. And he's had all these visions and everything. And I've, I'm still trying to see where the books of the Bible are. And laying there quiet, finally, the Lord asked me, he said, Do you remember the little boy's lunch? Five loaves, two fish. Yeah, yeah. He said, uh, I can take a little and do a lot with it. (laughs) That encouraged me greatly. I began to lay there and think about that. Well, yes, he can take a little and do a lot with it. But he began, I don't mean to heard an audible voice now, but he's speaking to my heart. He said, you feel like you've got so little. And compared to somebody like Brother Hagin, you know, quote half the Bible and walking with me for all these years, you haven't had as much put in you over the time. He said, but you've got to value what I've given you. You can't compare yourself to anybody else. You can't say, well, this is nothing. This is small. It's what I've given you. Value it. He said, you hold it up. Yeah, you go on and do it, but you hold it up when it comes time to speak. Like the master did the five loaves and two fish. How many know that looked insignificant beside of the thousands of people there waiting to eat? But he, did he look at it and go, you know, oh, that ain't nothing. Why'd you even bring that to me? No, it's precious seed. And it's what God gave us. And the Lord can take a little and do a lot with it. He held it up. Like it was the meeting of the need for the whole day. And he said, Father, we thank you for this. And he gave thanks. And he blessed it. And he started passing it out like it would take care of the need. And God spectacularly, supernaturally multiplied it to feed thousands of people that day. He said, that's what you do. I felt like I had a half cracker and one sardine. I had thought, well, I can say this in five minutes, and then what do I do? If I say it all again, it'll still be just ten minutes. (laughs) But I did. By faith. Now, are you with me now? What's the key here? Value what you have. Be thankful for what you have. Don't despise it. Don't go, well, I don't know anything, and I don't have anything. Yeah, and you won't get any more like that. Well, what is that? That's nothing. I know the uh, the first mission trip we went on, still in school. And, uh, I mean, it came down close to the time we had to have the money, and I didn't have it. And the Lord dealt with the person to give us half of it. Man, I was excited. It was $500 is what it was. It looked like. 500,000 to me at that time. And I was driving home in my little pickup and, and the devil. Somebody said, how you know it's the devil? Well, just listen and you'll know. <laughs> the thought came to me, 
That's only half. I mean, half won't get you any further than nothing. You can't go on half. That is the enemy. That is the language of the enemy. It is the spirit of the enemy. Did you hear me now? Do not yield to this. Don't think it because if you do, that'll be the end of your faith. You'll quit. You'll get negative and you'll be ungrateful. How many understand the Lord has dealt with somebody to sow half of what I need to make this first part of this trip? What's it time to do? That was a little weak. Are you with me now? God's dealt with somebody. He's heard our prayer. He's answered our faith. Moved supernaturally on somebody. And they came handed me a check for half of what it takes. What's it time to do? It's time to shout. It's time to praise God. Right? It's time to praise God. And if the thought comes, well, half is good as nothing. What do you do? You do not take that sitting down. If you have to, you stand and you say, you shut up. I mean, be strong about it. This is serious stuff. What the enemy's trying to get you to do is despise what God has done for you. To belittle it and despise it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You disqualify yourself for the rest. What do you got to do? You say, you shut up and get out of my truck. I didn't invite you. The same God that brought this half in will bring the rest in. He knows this is half. Right? Why would he have brought half in if he's not going to bring the other half? He's the one told me to go. It's his business. Right? Sure enough, he did. Just two days before the time. But here came the rest of it. And we went. And some great things happen. Glory to God. But you got to stay positive and you got to be thankful. 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 You're believing for a million dollars and five of it comes in. What do you do? The devil will say, five dollars on a million? What is that? But the people who see the big success and the big blessings are the people who shout over the five dollars. The people who shout over the little seed. Oh, come on now. Are y'all with me? Y'all? God has moved in a special way tonight because I hadn't even been able to look at my notes. We've stayed on this all night. Do you see this? Do you understand this is not just Brother Keith? Huh? This wasn't my idea. The Lord's saying something. Do we hear it? What's he saying? Be thankful. Be thankful, right? Over the little thing. What the world calls little. Be thankful. Make a big deal out of it. Shout about it. Amen. That's the faith way. That's the way to more. That's the way to the rest of it. Glory to God. You're having a service. Let's say there's 30 people in a big service that's lost. Altar calls given. Two come and get saved. 28 leave lost. 28 leave lost. I've seen people that leave a service depressed. And say, well, I know there was a lot of people that didn't get saved. And they feel like I got to carry the weight of that on my shoulders to show that I care. All these people 
Oh, God. The world's going to hell. Hmm. They think that shows that they're spiritual. It shows the exact opposite. It shows unspirituality. It shows carnality, fleshiness. It is unspiritual to worry. It is the farthest thing in the world from faith to be depressed. Did you hear me? People try to spiritualize it. Well, I'm an intercessor. That's no excuse for being depressed all the time. One's got nothing to do with the other. You get something on your heart? Yeah, you might feel a heaviness about it. Pray it through. Pray it through. And you may cry. You may groan. But pray it through and then get up and shout. You don't go around depressed for weeks over it. No, uh-uh. that ain't right. That's not right. Victory. Faith rejoices. Faith gives thanks. For even seem like the small thing. Did the Bible say that the angels in heaven cry over the 28 that left? Or over the 99 that didn't come back? What does it say? No, they rejoice over one. They make a big deal out of the one and they don't cry and get depressed over the other hundred or thousand. Oh, friend, do you see it now? This is how faith operates. This is how faith operates. Oh, glory to God. Come on, just praise him a little bit right now. Say, Lord, I thank you. Oh, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I praise you. I glorify your holy name. I worship you. Thank you. Thank you for every good thing in my life. Thank you for every blessing, every benefit. Hallelujah. I know when I worked in healing school a number of years ago, we had a lady I'm thinking about right now that she had crippling arthritis. And she was only 30-something years old, young woman. But this arthritis had drawn her body to where her arms and her legs and her hands and her feet were drawn and pulled in. She couldn't even walk anymore. Every day, they'd pick her up out of the car and carry her and sit her down in the chair and have to pick her up and take her back. Couldn't do anything for herself. But she came to healing school every day, week after week. Everybody say week after week. Week after week. And here's a principle. Somebody said, well, I heard a message one time and I had somebody lay hands on me, but nothing happened. Well, you're a quitter. You never believed in it to start with. Did you hear me? You got to be determined. You got to stay after it. Month after month. Everybody say month after month. She kept coming. Now a lot of people would have thought they weren't able to come. But no. She'd have people pick her up. Carry her in. And she'd sit there and try to take a note. She'd kind of scribble on a piece of paper. She'd praise God and give thanks. I got her on my heart, and I got to praying about it one day. I thought, Lord, she's not progressing like she's supposed to be. I mean, she's been there for months, and you couldn't tell any difference in her body. And uh, in a time of prayer, the Lord began to deal with me what was going on. She's trying to get the whole thing. 
at one time, in a moment of time, and her faith's not there. And sometimes people think it's all or nothing. But no, we receive according to what? Our faith. Romans 4 talks about the steps of faith. And the Lord showed me. So I preached a message on it right after that about taking back the land. About how the Bible said, you know, neither give place to the devil. And what has happened so many times in people's lives, whether it's financially or maritally or mentally or physically, they've lost ground. They used to be strong and robust, do anything they want to do, but now they couldn't do this, and then they couldn't do that anymore. Now they can't do this. Now they can't. I mean, the enemy, uh, he wants to take everything from you. He is a thief. He's a destroyer. He's a killer. He wants to take away your freedom. He wants to take away your ability to do anything. I understand if you didn't even know much, you could see this kind of stuff cannot be of God. Is he a thief? Does he take away everything from your life? Is God a destroyer? Certainly not. But the devil wants you so sick, you can't get out of bed. He wants you so broke, you can't do anything financially. He wants you paralyzed. Physically, spiritually, every way. Financially. But the Lord helped us that day. And she got it. And I said, I want to talk to you after the service. So I said, Am. I said, uh, Sister, I called her name. I said, I believe that we can take back some land on this deal. I said, uh, you hadn't always been like this long ago before this started. You could walk. You could run. You cleaned house. You cooked for your family. She said, yeah, I could do everything. I was athletic. I said, we know this is not the will of God. She said, I know it. I said, you don't have to take back everything in a moment of time. Because, see, she's trying to do that, and her faith is just not there to do that. Not that God can't do that, but you don't receive according to what he can do. You receive according to what you can believe. Didn't Jesus tell people repeatedly, according to your faith, be it to you? Didn't say according to my power. He said according to what? Your faith. I said, let's put our faith, I'll believe with you. Let's put our faith on something. Don't go too big. You can always believe for something bigger tomorrow. Let's put our faith on something. I said, it needs to be something that's inspired in you. Something that you're excited about and you believe you can take back. She said, I got it. I got it. I said, what is it? She said, I want to believe I can make the bed. I said, great. We joined hands, prayed the prayer of agreement. Believe we received strength and recovery enough to make a bed. I saw her a couple of days later. She's smiling. I didn't even have to ask her. I said, you made the bed. She said, I made the bed. She said, it wasn't perfect. I said, that's all right. It's all right. You made the bed. I made the bed. We shouted. We had a big time. I told the other guys, she made the bed. Yeah. Woo. Everybody stand up. She made the bed. Now, are y'all with me on this? I'm telling you how to have miracles. I'm telling you how to have big miracles. The Holy Ghost is. What do we do? Now, see, some people would have despised that. say, well, yeah, she made the bed. She slid the 
sheets around and it was a mess. Somebody else had to come back and straighten it up. That's faithless people. Did you hear me? That's the people you don't even want to talk to about your miracle. Because all they'll do is bring you down. Made to bed. We had a shouting time. I mean, the whole healing school. We praised God for 15 minutes about making the bed. And I'd look at her and go, you made the bed. She's like, made the bed. Whoo, go, made the bed. And other people in there were believing for stuff too, so they were with her. Yeah, made the bed. I said, so what are we going to believe for now? So she wanted to believe God to take some steps around the bed. She did. She wanted to believe God to walk to the bathroom over a course of weeks. She did. She wanted to believe God to walk from the bedroom to the living room. She did. She wanted to believe God to make her husband's lunch. She did. She wanted to believe God to put on a washing of clothes. She did. Believe God to walk around the house. She did. Walk for a block. She did. Over a course of months now, she's getting out of the car. Nobody carrying her. Getting out of the car. Walking into the healing school. Sitting down. Oh, glory to God. She took back the land. She didn't take it back all at once. She didn't take it back in a week or two. I'm talking about months and months and months. But every day, she was taking back a little more. Every day, she'd take back a little more. Every day. And here's the key now. We'd shout about it. We'd shout about it. We made a big deal out of it. I know another fellow went to the hospital to visit him. And he was in so much pain. He couldn't even think. I mean, he would just... And the doctor said, you know, we're surprised he's still alive. He should have been dead a couple of days ago. But he's a believer. And he knew it was God's will for him to be healed. And in riding over there, checking my heart about what to do, the Lord helped me to see. No need going in there and praying and believing for him to jump out of bed and go home. He's not there. He can't even hardly think for pain. Now, are y'all with me tonight? This is important. I thought, well, Lord, what do I do? He said, it's not according to your faith. You have to hook your faith up with his. It's not according to what I can do. It's according to his faith. It came up in my heart. Believe for the pain to not be any worse tomorrow. Now, that might not sound like much, but every day he'd been getting worse every day until they say he can't get much worse. He'll be dead. Every day the pain had gotten worse. Every day his condition had gotten worse. And the Lord dealt with me, believe with him that tomorrow he'll be no worse. Now, that may sound strange to somebody. But when I began to talk to him about it, I could see a light in his eyes. He had tried a bunch of other things, but his faith just wasn't there. And I said, let's believe God that this stops. This getting worse every day, that it stops right here and that you will not be any worse tomorrow. I said, can you believe that with me? And I could see it in his eyes. I could hear it in the tone of his voice. 
So the next day, I went back, and what do you think? He wasn't any better, but he wasn't any worse. So what do we do now? Oh, it's shouting time. Oh, it's victory time. It's shouting, right? Let's still let people say, well, you know. No, you be quiet and listen to us shout. No, because people, the world is full of naysayers and people that want to rain on your parade because they got no faith. No, it's time to shout. Well, we don't know. You can't say that's a miracle that God answered a prayer. I mean, the man, look at the man. Yes, we can say he's been getting worse every day for months and today it stopped. No, he's not any worse. Why can't I say, yes, God heard our prayer? Why can't I say it? I am saying it. So we praised God. In that hospital room, he gave thanks to God and gave thanks to God and gave thanks to God and praised God. Praised God. I looked at him and said, this thing stopped. It stopped. He said, stop. Yeah, stop. Now, he's still hurting. He's in bad shape, but we're praising God. I said, now what are we going to believe for? He said, to be better. <laughs> See, he's telling me. I'm not trying to talk him into something. This is where his faith is at. I said, I believe you could be at least a little better. He said, me too. The next day, what do you think? Not too much. But a little. I mean, even the doctor said so. A little better. Oh, I'm getting excited in my spirit because some people are getting this tonight. They're getting it. They're getting it in their spirit. Whoo, glory to God. We're going to have some miracles. He's a little better. And oh, he was encouraged. I wish you could have seen his face. He's still in bad shape. I mean, he's bed fast. Looks like, you know, he's about to die. But you could see it in his eye. He like his working, Brother Keith. I said, I know it is. It's working. I mean, nobody can tell us it ain't working because you got worse every day for months. And now not only are you not worse, you are better. You're on the way back up. You're on the way back out. He said, I believe it. I said, I believe it. Let's believe for some more. So we did. Well, I wasn't where I could go the next day and the next day and the next day. And then it was the weekend. I had heard some things, you know, by phone, but uh, then Monday I called to check and see, and they said, oh, he's checked out. <laughs> I said, is that right? <laughs> this is the man supposed to be dead last week. Yeah, yeah, he was doing so good, we sent him home. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. But do you see, what do we do? What do we do? We shouted over not being worse. Oh, are you with me now? We, we shouted over making the bed. We shouted over the half the money. Right? Big shout. Shouted over it. That's the way faith does every time. Faith is positive. Faith is thankful. Faith is grateful. Faith appreciates what God has done, gives Him all the credit, gives Him all the glory, acts like the rest of it's on the way too. Right? And just makes a big deal out of what other people think is insignificant and trivial. And God is faithful. He sees that in your heart and He says, hmm, they know what to do with it. Look at them. 
They know how to appreciate it. They know how to value it. Let's give them some more. And then you just shout all the bigger about the more. And let's give them some more. Now the moment. I don't care if you started from rock bottom. And you get to the place where you're totally healed. And being a big blessing for God. And you got a lot of money and stuff. At any point in your life where you stop being thankful. That's where you stop moving up. And you'll begin to regress. How do you increase your capacity to receive from God? Cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Stand on your feet, please. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.